You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this word that you you want to share with your children, Father God. I just pray you encounter us and speak to us, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dina. I'm one of the youth pastors here at um, Centro Church alongside my husband, Pastor Jonathan, um, and I'm really excited to share with you. Thank you, Pastor Tim and Pastor Catherine, for this opportunity. Um, so yeah, as you know, we're doing our series um, on Marvel, uh, and Johnny, Johnny and I have been watching all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Like, it's been great. If you want to know where we are, we're just at home watching movies. Um, but tonight, I'm going to be sharing on one of my favorite superheroes, Thor. King Thor of Asgard. Um, so it'll, it's not the first movie, the second one, um, Dark Word, World. So if you haven't seen it, here's a quick summary. So it's in ancient times in their Marvel universe. Um, and you have these gods of Asgard who have fought um, and they've won a war against these, this evil race called the Dark Elves. Um, and the survivors of the Dark Elves, they were, they were neutralized, kind of put into hibernation. Um, and their ultimate weapon, the Aether, was buried in a secret location. So hundreds of years later, like in our time, there's a scientist, Jane Foster, she finds it, it kind of like infects her, she becomes its host, um, and Thor has, in the end, has to bring her to Asgard before the dark elf, Malekith, um, he, so they've all awakened, um, before he captures her and uses the weapon to destroy the nine realms, which includes Earth. So there you go, that's a summary, and get ready for some spoilers if you haven't seen the movie yet. So... Um, our foundational scripture for this series is John 15, 12 to 14. It's up on the screen. Um, and, you know, Marvel is all about superheroes. So really, you know, we're learning about, you know, heroism and just boiled down to its core is just selflessness, right? There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Um, and throughout this film, you know, we can watch um, and see the development of some of these characters and observe these different perspectives of selflessness. And as I was watching the movie as well, I began to, to ask myself, you know, you see these characters and they have to make these decisions. And I, I asked myself, you know, how is it easy for some people to love others? And yet, why is it so hard for others to love others? And essentially, what, what actually motivates us to love? Um, so tonight, I'll just be sharing some observations of love um, that we observe from the film. Um, and we'll try to unpack and answer these questions. And why don't you turn your eyes to the screen? Loki. Hello, Mother. Have I made you proud? Please, don't make this worse. Define worse. Enough! I will speak to the prisoner alone. <laughs> I really don't see what all the fuss is about. Do you not truly feel the gravity of your crimes? Wherever you go, there is war, ruin, and death. I went down to Midgard to rule the people of Earth as a benevolent god. Just like you. We are not gods. We're born, we live, we die. Just as humans do. It will take 5,000 years. All this because Loki desires a throne. 
It is my birthright. Your birthright was to die as a child, cast out onto a frozen rock. If I had not taken you in, you would not be here now to hate me. If I'm for the axe, then for mercy's sake, just swing it. It's not that I don't love our little talks, it's just... I don't love them. Frigga is the only reason you're still alive and you will never see her again. You'll spend the rest of your days in the dungeons. And what of Thor? You'll make that witless oaf king while I rot in chains. Thor must strive to undo the damage you have done. He will bring order to the Nine Realms and then, yes, he will be king. So, in that, um, in that first scene, we're pretty much introduced to the whole royal family. So you've got Loki, he was the guy in chains. You've got Thor, he's got the hammer. You've got Odin, king of Asgard, he's obviously the guy on the throne. Um, and the woman is their mom, Odin's wife, um, Frigga, she, um, queen of Asgard. So a bit of context, Loki is in chains because in the first movie, he'd attacked Asgard. And then in the Avengers movie, um, he'd attacked Earth. So, you know, he's taken his prisoner now. Um, but the reason why Loki attacked Asgard, oh sorry, well the reason why he attacked really was he claims that he did it for them, right? So that they could be better, so that they could be top of the universe that they're in, the nine realms, and be the top city, you know? He claims that it's for the love of his city. But really, as you see in that video, he said, you know, it is my birthright to have the throne. So evidently he had different intentions. So my first observation is that choosing to love is not to satisfy your needs. You know, does there always have to be a reason when we choose to love, right? It's very hard, you know, personally in my marriage. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going there. No. <laughs> um, so if you, yeah, in our house, you know, there's dishes in the sink or there's laundry in the basket. I can see that Johnny sees it, but he's not doing anything about it. But obviously from his, his perspective, he can see that I can see it, but I'm not doing anything about it. You know, and it's kind of this game of who's going to do it first, right? I don't know if you guys, if those who are married have that. Um, and it's difficult because, you know, who's done um, one of the, that love language quiz where you find out your top five? You know, like words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, whatever. It's difficult because both our top love language is acts of service. So that's, you know, that's what we're just waiting for one another. Like it could just go on forever. But, <laughs> but we, we do love each other and eventually it gets done. If you've been to our house, it's always clean, I hope, when you, you know, when you come in. But, right, it's, it's true. You know, when someone does something for you, it's, it's easy for you 
to love them back, right? You're kind of obliged to do it, right? Because love isn't just a feeling, love is an action. Um, So say, for example, there's a baby, someone has a baby, right? And the baby, everyone loves the baby, right? The parents come, you know, the parents just love them, the rest of the family come when the baby's born. But the baby literally does nothing for you when it's born. Like, all it does is poop, cry, eat, and it's a cycle. So, like, why is it that compared to, like, adults when we're always waiting for someone else to do something for us, why is it so easy for us to love the baby when the baby has done nothing? What reason do you have to love the baby? And the reason is you don't. It's just because you loved it first. And Scripture says to love in everything you do. You know, 1 John 4.19 says this, we love because He loved us first. We loved because Jesus loved us first. You know, this life that we live as Christians, this freedom that we live is because of Jesus. So that's my first observation. Choosing to love is not to satisfy your needs. Um, In the bit after that, you see Thor saving Lady Sif and vice versa. Um, This is great character development for Thor because in the first movie, you know, he used to do things for the praise, for the spotlight, that sort of thing. So seeing this now, you know, it's that Thor's love has moved from himself to, uh, you know, the nine realms that he swore to protect, you know. And as you see, he's learned to work as a team, you know. Credit goes to all of them. My second observation is that love is not influenced by self-gratification. You know, it's, it is an extension to not satisfying your needs, you know. Loving for the thank you is wrong. Let's just leave it there. Loving for the thank you is wrong. You know, imagine this scenario where you work for a charity and your boss asks you to work, I don't know, extra hours and then, I don't know, it turns into days, into weeks. But the thing is, you're the only person who can do the job. You're the only one fit for the task. And then in the end, after all your hard work, because of what you did, that charity earned millions of dollars, you know, it saved millions of lives all around the world, feeding them, whatever it is. But in the end, say you don't get the promotion, not even a thank you. What about you get fired in the end for some reason? How how would you feel about that? Angry, disappointed, you know, regret that you did it? In another perspective, would... If, you know, say you hadn't done it yet, but someone asked you, would you still do this job knowing this outcome, even if you knew it would help millions of people, but you'll end up with no thank you and being out of a job? Would you still do it? The reality is, Jesus still did it. This is what happened to Jesus. Can you imagine if the example Jesus would set if he was crucified on the cross and he was saying, you should all be thanking me. I did that. Probably not so girly voice, but like, (laughs) you should all be thanking me. I did this for you. No, he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus didn't want the thank you because his love was not influenced by self-gratification and neither should yours. So why don't you turn your eyes to the screen for the next video? Odin continues to bring me new friends. How thoughtful. The books I sent, do they not interest you? Is that how I'm to while away eternity? Reading? I've done everything in my power to make you comfortable, Loki. Have you? Does Odin share your concern? Does Thor? It must be so inconvenient them asking after me day and night. You know full well it was your actions that brought you here. My actions? I was merely giving truth to the lie that I've been fed my entire life, that I was born to be a king. A king? 
A true king admits his faults. What of the lies you took on earth? A mere handful compared to the number that Odin has taken himself. Your father... He's not my father! Then am I not your mother? You're not. Hmm. Always so perceptive about everyone but yourself. I intend to pursue Malekith. We possess the ether. Malekith will come to us. Yes, and he will destroy us. You overestimate the power of these creatures. No, I value our people's lives. I'll take Jane to the Dark World and draw the enemy away from Asgard. When Malekith pulls the ether from Jane, it will be exposed and vulnerable, and I will destroy it and him. If you fail, risk this weapon falling into the hands of Aaron. The risk is far greater if we do nothing. His ship could be over our heads right now. We'd never even know. If and when he comes, his men will fall on 10,000 Asgardian blades. And how many of our men shall fall on theirs? As many as are needed! Ah. We will fight! To the last Asgardian breath. The last drop of Asgardian blood. And how are you different from Malekith? <laughs> the difference, my son, is that I will win. Cool. So, a bit of tension with each parent there. Um, but back to the first bit with um, Queen Frigga. I, you know, I, I love her. She's, she's got, like, words of wisdom. But, you know, aside from the fact that she is a loving mother, she still loves Loki no matter what, right? She's, she's visiting, visiting him, whatever the hologram thing was, um, against the king's orders. Which leads me to my third point, is that love sees past the faults. You know, in her mind, she doesn't limit Loki to his actions, Right, but kind of, you know, kind of speaks over this thing like, you know, this is what a true king is, you know, be it she's trying to empower him, encouraging whatever her intention, she tries to help him whether he takes it or not. Love sees past the faults. So I've grown up a Christian most of my life, and I, I'd say I'd never, I've never really had much to do with that. Um, worldly scene, you know, I, I went to a hen's party once and they, they planned on going clubbing and going to bars and things like that. And I tell you, I have never been so uncomfortable and out of my element. Um, obviously, I refrained from doing like the things that I didn't like. Um, and I kind of I just stood there or sat there, um, you know, a shy little person. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not here to judge anyone tonight, but, you know, I did see things that I disagreed with, you know, things people said, things people did. Um, and personally, I did, I did feel this gap between myself and then them, you know? There's this gap between myself and then them. And from an evangelical perspective, you know, I reflected on, and it's, you know, it hasn't just happened in that moment. There's been other moments where, I'm, you know, not interacting with church people, you would say. Um, and I asked myself, did I create this gap? 
or did they create this gap? Did I create this gap or did they, right? Because the, these are the people we're meant to love, right? So I guess I'm, I guess I am just generalizing that as Christians, you know, it is easy to choose what you want to see and what you want to love. Because love, love doesn't come without its challenges, you know, love isn't easy. So am I really loving when this is all I choose to see and love? Or, you know, out in the world, am I really loving is this, if this is what I choose to see? And obviously, this is the direction we shall be going for, we shall be striving for as Christians. In John 4, you know, there's that story of Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, she was surprised that Jesus was talking to her because Jesus is a Jew and she's a Samaritan. And they didn't have anything to do with each other back then. Um, and she was, she was surprised when Jesus approached her and said, please give me a drink. More so, Jesus also knew that she wasn't married, she had five husbands prior to that, and she was living with a man that she's not married with, right? Back then, you know, you were messed up, right? Probably at this point, like, you were messed up. Like, you have had five failed marriages. Um, And his disciples were also pretty shocked, you know, to see that interaction between them. But just like Frigga, just like Jesus, you have to see past the faults. Love sees past the faults. Um, Similarly, love also sees past the status. So in that interaction with Thor and his dad, Odin, you can see that Odin is willing to sacrifice as many as guardians, right? Because Odin's identity lies as king. You know, as a king, this is what I have to do for the love of my city, for the love of my people. But it shares the same version of love as the dark elves, you know, sacrifice for the good of others through massacre, right? And, and Thor obviously had a better plan. Odin, Odin thought it was love, um, but Thor says Odin was blinded by hatred and grief. So similar to the story with a Samaritan woman, you know, there, there was a man who had leprosy. He'd approached Jesus as well. Again, back then, leprosy, you're like the lowest of the lows. If you had that, no one wanted to be near you. And I guess same here now, you wouldn't even want to go near them because, right, you wouldn't want to be infected and then infect other people and then no one would want to be around you. You know, it's just this whole cycle. Um, So, you know, there's Jesus. Essentially, it's everyone else and then the lepers. But Jesus, the leper came up to him. Jesus didn't turn away from him. It wasn't Jesus, the gap, and the leper. It was Jesus and the leper, right side by side, next to each other, because Jesus saw past his status as being better, and he didn't turn him away, right? He loved him and saw him as equals. Um, So why don't you turn your eyes to the screen for the last video. What I could do with the power that flows through those veins, it would consume me. She's holding up all right. For now. She's strong in ways you'd never even know. Say goodbye. Not this day. This day, the next. A hundred years, it's nothing. It's a heartbeat. You'll never be ready. The only woman whose love you've prized will be snatched from you. And will that satisfy you? Satisfaction's not in my nature. Surrender's not in mine. No, not just of Odin. You think you alone were loved mother? You had her tricks, but I had her trust. Trust? Was that her last expression? Trust? 
Will you let I die? What help were you and yourself who put me there? Who put me there? You don't damn world! You don't damn world! She wouldn't want us to fight. Well, she wouldn't exactly be shocked. I wish I could trust you. Cool. So I don't know much about like sibling fights because I'm an only child. But is that is that as bad as it gets? Could it could it get worse? I don't know. Um, but yeah, we see in the scene that Thor he could have punched Loki. He could have just taken him out right then and there. Had nothing to do with him. He had all the right reasons to. You know, he didn't trust him. But I love that how he says, you know, his mother did. You know, his, as we saw earlier, she saw past Loki's faults. So she always wanted to believe the best in Loki. So I guess, you know, trying to mirror that, Thor refrained from punching him. Um, and for me, I saw that as a way that, you know, he still had hope in Loki that his brother, you know, who grew up, they grew up together all nice and friend, friendly, um, you know, was still there. Which leads me to my last point is that love always hopes. Um, and as Christians, we need to count this as a blessing. You know, while it's easy to hate others with their crazy antics and behaviors and things like that, through this lens of love, we are hopeful that they can be better. Thus, we can refrain from, you know, being however aggressive we are, you know, doing any of the damage like Thor did. Um, just recently, there was this thing that, this program that was shared to us, um, and he shared this thing. It's like, you know, people who go through drugs, you know, they can go through the program to help them out, but, you know, do, do, those, do those people still kind of believe in them or are they just people who go through a program? Obviously, that's not how it is all the time, but as Christians, as a church, you know, we experience this love that always hopes, that always gives people, you know, the benefit of the doubt, you know, the second chance. People don't get that out in the world, which is why, you know, we have to exemplify that church. Jesus loved, you know, Jesus loved us. Jesus hoped in us. If you think about it that way, why else would he die on the cross for us? You know, if he knew that his death would be for nothing because we'd all just forget about it, he wouldn't have done it. But he did it anyway because he had hope in that we would one day turn to him, you know, and have, live our life for him. So that's, that's it. All those observations. Love is all those things. Number one, choosing to love is not to satisfy your needs. Number two, it is not influenced by self-gratification. Love sees past the faults. Love sees past the status. And love always hopes. Um, so on the screen, you'll see 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. It says um, this, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't proud. You know, you've heard it before. You can see it up on the screen. Um, but, you know, for each of those five observations from the movie, it fits in to this scripture. It fits into scripture, just obviously reworded differently. But also for each of these observations, scripture showed that Jesus exemplified this. So the main point of my message um, is that true love, if you guys want to experience true love, 
you have to know that it stems from your identity in Christ. Because Jesus is love. Because God is love. First John 4, 7 and 9 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. As, as Christians, you know, or even just to be a good human being, right? They always say, love others, right? We are, we are called to love. So I just, I want to ask you, just, we'll, I'll pause after I ask you and just reflect on it. Are you struggling to love others? You personally, are you struggling to love others? If you want a hint, if you go back to that verse, 1 Corinthians, just replace um, the words with its synonym. Are you impatient? Are you unkind? Are you easily angered? Do you keep the records of wrongs of others? If, you know, if that's the case, I want to ask you a second question. Is your identity in Christ? You know, if you replace those words, I'm sorry, if you replace love with Jesus, you'll find that in scripture that like it is not, it can't be contested, right? It's undeniable. Jesus is all of those things. So if you're saying, I'm struggling to love, just ask yourself, do you have Jesus? Are you strengthened? Is your identity in Jesus? So that's my encouragement for you all tonight. You know, a reminder, really, that if you want to act on true love, if you want to experience true love, it, it stems from your identity in Christ. So why don't you catch yourself? Why don't you check yourself regularly? Why don't you remain consistent and insistent on strengthening your relationship with God every day? How? It's simple. You just read your Bible. You just pray. You actually take time out of your day, even if it's 10 minutes, whatever works for you so that you can, you know, encounter him, get to know him more and more, right? It's a relationship. A relationship doesn't just stop when you say hi to them. It keeps on going every single day. And as Christians, we can learn to love and live out that commandment in our foundational te- text in John 15. Um, if the band can just come up. So at the end of the movie, we have Thor who's, who's, who's standing down on the bottom and then there's Odin up on his throne. And spoiler alert, they beat the elves. Everyone's that's fine. Um, and Odin asks him, he's like, what, you know, how can we repay you? You know, for what you've done, how can we repay you? Um, and this is, this is what Thor says. Thor is like, you know, I don't, I don't want the throne. I don't want the throne. I just want my life. And even though he's not, you know, a part of that anymore, he's still willing to give his life for the nine realms. He's, he's still willing to protect it. And for me, that, that shows that Thor has actually learned to love. And this is a picture of, and for me, I saw that as a picture of us kind of standing before God in that one day there comes a time where we'll say, God, I don't, I don't want my throne. I just want this new life. You know, a life for the betterment of others, a life, a life living for Christ. So tonight, I do want to give people the opportunity tonight, if you don't say you're a Christian or, you know, if you just want to recommit your life and prioritize God in your life, um, I want to give you the opportunity to do that now. So if everyone can just, you know, close their, close their eyes and bow their heads. Um, we, if we continue reading in 1 John 4, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world, that's Jesus, so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to sacri- as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That foundational text says there's no greater love than to lay down one, one's life. 
And you know what? Remember this? Jesus did that for you. Jesus took away your sins. So that right here, right now, if you haven't done before, you can decide to push aside your throne just like Thor did. Stop living your old selfish life and ask for this new life, a Christ life, so that you can experience and live out this true love every day. So if that's you, all it takes is for you to lift your hand. Um, and with no one looking, every head bowed, every eye closed, just for privacy's sake. I'll see that hand. Our team will see that hand. And then together as a, as a group, we'll just pray the sinner's prayer. You know, the prayer of you saying, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. So if that's you, I'll just count down from three and just lift up your hand. Three, two, one. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. That's all it takes. So if that's you, if you just want to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, why don't you just lift your hand up right now? Awesome, awesome. Well, you guys can open your eyes. Um, I will pray and then we'll head back into worship. So dear Lord, thank you for your sacrifice to die for our sins, Father God. Thank you that because of that, we that you hoped in us, Father God, that we can experience, you know, true love, Father God. And we just ask that you continually um, speak to us as we continue to press in, as we want to encounter you more and more, Father God, that you just transform us from the inside out, Father God, that we may live changed, Father God, that we can push aside our throne, our selfish ways and prioritize you, Father God. And I just pray that each and every single person here, Father God, will know and will remember that, you know, true love is in their identity with you, Father God. So continue to reveal yourself to them. Speak to them, Father God, and strengthen them as they go about their day. In Jesus' name. for listening to this podcast.